The C-SPAN networks bring you long-form public affairs programming from the nation's capital and are a public service of your television provider. C-SPAN, created by cable. Well, good morning, all. You know, uh, in the name of the people of Cambodia, in the name of the people of Laos, I'd like to uh, say to my colleagues uh, and to our distinguished witnesses this morning that I have uh, I've been a member of this committee for many years, and I have never seen anything as disgraceful and outrageous and despicable as the last demonstration that just took place about, you know, you're going to have to shut up or I'm going to have you arrested. If we can't get the Capitol Hill police in here immediately, get out of here, you low-life scum. So, Henry, I hope you will, Dr. Kissinger, I hope on behalf of all of the members of this committee on both sides of the aisle, in fact, from all of my colleagues, I'd like to apologize for allowing such uh, disgraceful behavior towards a man who served his country with the greatest distinction. I apologize profusely. The Senate Armed Services Committee meets today to receive testimony on global Hello, everyone. Welcome to Struggle Session. I'm Leslie III. I'm Jack Allison. I'm Jonathan Daniel Brown. And um, today, um, we're here with a very somber mood. Um, our flag outside of our um, podcast studios are yeah. flying at... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course. As I mentioned, I mentioned earlier on Twitter, actually, that we I lowered the flag all the way to the ground to offset what President Trump was doing with the flag above the White House, just so that it would average out to one half-masted flag. I uh, wrapped myself in an American flag beach towel, and I used it only to rub down the upper half of my body in protest. Because we're here today, we're recording on the day that, you know, the maverick uh, goes home. Yeah, John McCain has his homegoing ceremony today. He's taking that straight talk express to the sky, straight to heaven. <laughs> yeah, sure is. Well, maybe he's going to be up in heaven with uh, Mahatma Gandhi and L. Ron Hubbard. Uh, L. Ron Hubbard, he'll be uh, rubbing arms with. Gee, 
Yeah. You know, you, you just think about the people that John McCain's up there with. I mean, it it kind of brings a smile to your face, just as it brings a smile to the face of Ann Navarro, CNN contributor. Imagining uh, Aretha Franklin. Yeah. And John Making McCain up a little story doing a duet together. Mind. Yeah. <laughs> making up a little a little imaginary story. It's just making me smile a little bit. And uh, John McCain is sort of like, uh, you know... He's America's grandpa. He always was. Everyone right. always loved him. He and gave that, that's off a good elder, thing. an elder statesman who gave off nothing but warmth to all people. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. If there's one thing we will oh. miss about him, yeah, it, it is his uh, it is his deep and clear uh, care for those in need. Absolutely. It is his commitment to human rights. Mm-hmm. It is commitment to the uh, the well being. Of the people of the United States and Preach. Arizona. Yeah. And uh, look, you know. And, his friendship and, and, with Joe Arpaio. His friendship with Joe Arpaio and uh, the legacy that his uh, wonderful daughter Megan will continue for us all. Uh, yeah. Megan McCain, well, truly one of the great uh, American uh, speakers. That children. is the thing, is that, like, you know, while, while Papa McCain might have passed, while Captain Senator himself might have passed on from this mortal coil. Just look at the legacy he leaves. Legacy. Megan McCain, you know, uh, uh, married to Ben Dominich or something. I mean, that that really is... You just look at the legacy of the McCains in general. I legacy. Mean, legacy. It is... It is Sarah Palin. Just, yes. Yes. Sarah part Palin. Of that legacy. Yes, yes. Uh, Sarah a Palin lot of, a lot of, of pensioners... Legacy. A lot of pensioners who were not able to retire in the 90s, but they're all dead yeah. now, so who cares? Part of that legacy. Yeah. Uh, but in the Iraq War. Yeah. You know, that's part of the legacy We all well. make mistakes. Well, we all make mistakes, Leslie. We're all that's flawed. The we're Maverick. all humans. Absolutely. The Maverick's not afraid to make a mistake, but then what I like about the Maverick is he'll go to a town hall and sometimes be like, we made some mistakes. That's what you like about the Maverick, is that he does it, but then he takes credit for wanting not to have done it. That's what's so cool about him. That's uh, what was. I, I keep speaking in the present tense, and I'm going to get a little choked up here, but <coughs> that is what was so so cool about but the, isn't old, it beautiful? the old wasn't it beautiful? Wasn't it beautiful the way he he uh, he made Trump look on bad... Uh, he made Trump look like a bad man on television while still yeah. having the savvy to vote uh, with like 85% of everything he ever did. Uh, I, yeah, JB. I think it's ninety five percent. Ninety five percent. Yeah, ninety five. Wasn't wasn't it, if you think about it, that's the kind of statesmanship we require yeah. in this day and age. We need well, somebody to make us feel good while also doing yeah. what needs to be done, which is of course, uh, yeah, pushing well, through we need- Trump's uh, the Trump's agenda. That is what yeah. we have to do. As that's what good Republicans and good Democrats have to do, while also yeah. letting the public know it's. Why a bad do we agenda. have these labels? Why do we have yes, to have exactly. these labels? Republican, exactly. Democrat. To- what difference does it make? We all okay? agree that ICE needs to be funded, and we have a major crisis at the border. Everyone agrees with that, so we don't need the labels anymore. Build the dang right? fence. Build the fence. The dang fence. As ju- as in, in honor. Of the old codger himself, the straight talker himself, they should build the John McCain fence. That's what they should do. Is they should. They, I, I I wish that they would build the John McCain fence all across the the southern border of the United States. The fence he so famously wanted. It's what that it's I think would be a nice legacy. That would be a nice statement. National Guard now three thousand border control agents. 
and build the dang yeah. fence. That's mm-hmm. the legacy of John McCain. Mm-hmm. That's what he campaigned on. Not, yeah. I know you're thinking he probably campaigned on that in his presidential election. Not true. Not true. He went that far, you know, to say build the dang fence and hor- mm-hmm. hire all these new border patrol agents in yeah. his Senate campaign for his safe, very, very, very safe seat. You know, he was willing yeah. to go that far even when he had literally no political reason whatsoever to do so. Right. Well, that that's that, that that's what shows he's a maverick. He's not bound by he's not bound by the same norms. You know what I mean? The rest of these people in Washington, you know, they play by different rules. The maverick is straightforward. He does things not because it's politically convenient, but because he hates people of other races. Right. Well, and the nice thing about well, it is well, that well, he, you know, he he was I mean, honest about it. Yeah. He, unlike he, I, meanie Trump, thing. who keeps saying he's not a racist, John McCain right. was kind enough proud. and open enough and honest enough to be a proud racist and yes. never, ever to apologize for yes, it. Yes, here's the difference between, you know, John McCain and our president. I, Ugh, hear this, I hate to even use the word. The scare quotes I'm putting around that. Yeah. Our president. John McCain was brave enough and courageous enough to use racial slurs in mm-hmm. public, in openly. front of journalists, openly, multiple times. Yeah, we're still you trying know, to find a tape of Donald yeah. Trump saying the N word. Exactly. That's cowardice. Exactly. Folks. That's cowardice. That is cowardice. If if you know what, if Trump came out today, if Trump set up the podium in the White House and and walked down that big long hallway like the one Obama did when they killed Bin Laden, and he stepped set up to that podium and just said the N word. And then, then maybe off. he'd be as brave. Then maybe he'd be as brave as even one iota of John McCain. Maybe then I would th- think that our president was as brave as the war hero John McCain if he stood proudly before the world and, and said a racial slur. And then and then called uh, and then called the bomb Iran. Yeah. To be fair, there were, John McCain did those things on two separate on separate occasions. Like he was always yeah. giving us new things, whether he was calling for a new war, finding yeah. a new racial slur for Vietnamese right. people. Like all he yeah. was always, you know, innovating, even into mm-hmm. his late nineties, okay. Yeah. He was still innovating, innovating mm-hmm. on war, innovating on racism, mm-hmm. innovating on you oppression. Know, Oppression, hypocrisy, building yeah. the fence, you know, talking yeah. a good game, be, being beloved by the liberal uh, pundit well, class. And that's and the thing is actually I, I, I learned to love John McCain. I did learn to love John McCain because of just the adoration and the and You know, you can't fake the kind of love that you see in Jake Tapper's eyes. When he talks about John McCain, when when he is uh, uh, when he you know something changed about about our friend Jake Tapper on that Straight Talk Express. I don't know what it was, but you know I, I saw that there was a place in, in in old Tapper's heart for John McCain, and just made me think there must be something more to the old the old Maverick, the old ca- the old Captain Senator. There must be something a little more there. You know, there was one uh there was one reporter who wrote something I really liked. Yeah. I'm trying to find out trying to find out the uh trying to find out the name but he wrote yeah. something to the effect of you know when journalists write that they that they are in love with the people they cover believe them and uh man the american press really mm-hmm. really deeply loved this man they loved yeah. him uh, well, that's 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 how you can see that the legacy was important, and you know, and that's what they've even said on cable news. Actually, you know, I've been watching a lot of the coverage because I am, of course, 
You know, this for me is like the royal wedding, but obviously a more somber occasion. Yeah, uh, the, the royal screen. wedding doesn't have like a bloated dead man being displayed yeah. in public, but yeah, it might be funny. Yeah. It would be funny yeah. if it did. <laughs> yeah, but but so you know, in, in following you know the coverage of John McCain, one of the things that really strikes me and 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 I think really speaks to his character as a man is that the news talks a lot about how much the news liked him. And I think that that's really special. They uh, they talk about how much they thought he was great and how many friends he had and how he was nice to them. And uh, and that's what's important to me. What's most important to me is uh, when somebody, you know, makes reporters feel really special and uh, gets good coverage because of that. Uh, I think that that really spoke to his character. It, it really, really did. Truly, truly important. Um, mm hmm like to just the adulation that they have for McCain yeah. that um to be fair was not reciprocated by the American public i i remember so clearly now when yeah. um donald trump um basically called john mccain um, 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 don't i don't um, even want to um, hear it <laughs> stop how you he called he basically dare. called him um a mark ass bitch who got captured um mm -hmm. by the other team and who would say the, that? Who would ever say that? He called John McCain the Mark S bitch. Yeah, he said, said you're a coward because you got coward by, uh, captured by the Vietnamese. A horrendous thing that nobody should ever say about John McCain. No one should ever, A and, coward. And, and he shouldn't have been there in the first place. Yeah, and, uh, I, I, it's funny that he got captured even. I, I like heroes. They, they'll get captured. I, I, I can't believe he said that. I couldn't believe that's he just said disgusting. That. It, and the fact that terrible. Republicans still stood behind him, well, well after uh, he after he maligned the wonderful man John McCain, that's that's what I'm saying. So when that came out, they were like, "All right, that's it. Trump's done." The, yeah. The CNN they said he's done. He cannot recover yeah. from this. MSNBC did the same thing. Twenty four seven yeah. coverage of Donald Trump yeah. disrespecting the office of the Maverick. <laughs> It, it truly is uh, a wonderful thing that the Democratic Party is uh, rehabilitating the image and the goals of the yeah. Vietnam War. I think that's really yeah, important. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, really so, yeah. He was a war hero. He was, he was a war hero. Because he volunteered to go to a war that people went to prison yeah. uh, avoiding the draft for. So I think it was very brave of him to, to volunteer to go to a war that thousands yeah. of people were literally uh, moving to Canada and getting braces and breaking their own right. legs to not go to. Well, that's to. the thing. That's the thing is a lot of people thought it was an amoral, unjust war. But John McCain saw it for what it was, an opportunity to get out there and, and uh, be like know, his dad, uh, be like his uh, his daddy, be like the daddy that he has. Anyway, sorry, Leslie, we cut you off a second ago. There. Yeah, but but when I saw that and when CNN saw that were reacting so vociferously against John McCain yeah. and uh, against Donald Trump for attacking John McCain, we thought the campaign was over. But yeah, then, we all like, did. His um, approval rating went up because apparently America, you know, the journalists in their love for John McCain, they yeah. had forgotten to share this love with the American people. They had. Mm -hmm. Not done their job of, uh, you know, making sure that every man, woman, and child gave a fuck about this extremely old racist and his him. legacy, this mm -hmm. war criminal, this warmonger. Yeah. And yeah. they had failed in their duty of, of explaining why his legacy was just so important and so unimpeachable. I mean, it, they did explain it to the entire Democratic Party, as you are saying. They will never say anything bad about John McCain, no matter how many times he fucks them over. Um, but the American people, they just said, you know what? I don't care if Donald Trump makes fun of him. 
in fact, is kind of funny. In a certain twisted way, it's funny. But I, obviously, as someone who uh, uh, respects I'm, I'm not, the I'm legacy. not saying it's myself. I'm speaking right. for, you know, yeah. the majority of Americans who, you know, just spend their right. day, you know, living check to check, suffering under yeah. the policies that John McCain, you know, altered sure, yeah. himself um, often. Well, hey, <clears> to be fair, we're talking about seven houses and... Yeah. Arizona real estate, it's been going up lately. I don't know. It's just, you know, you can't get a house in Scottsdale for 100K anymore. Mm-hmm. So, let alone seven or eight. So, like, be, be, be gentle. Be, yeah. Uh, be yeah, a little but, bit gentle. But people, you know, they just didn't understand why this was so bad to make fun of John McCain for, you know, allegedly and, being the hero, even though he didn't save anybody. And, and you he know, just what crashed really- a bunch of planes and got captured. Yeah, exactly. And, and and you know what was really striking about that? You know, we saw even a repeat of that. So so Donald Trump, the criminal president, the criminal president himself on the campaign trail, first says that John McCain is a mark. And yeah, he, he, he shouldn't have gotten captured. And, you know, it doesn't make you a war hero to uh, fly a plane into the ground and then get captured. That doesn't make you a war hero. That's what Donald Trump was saying, and that's not what you're saying. That's not what we're saying. Of course not. Of course not. I respect. Of course, John McCain. Well, he's a hero not only because of the heroic actions he was undertaking in the Vietnam War. He was protecting freedom out there. He went over to Vietnam to ensure we may we wouldn't be free today. I don't think we would be free today if John McCain wasn't over there from a a thousand feet in the air dropping a, a, a. napalm onto villages right if john mccain didn't go to vietnam i would not be free here today to resist True. and boycott in and out burger no <laughs> I, I, I think we have to be fair to some of the people who are critical of the vietnam war like you know okay. cowards cowards like john Kerry. yeah 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 yeah, yeah she, he has a purple heart yeah he actually saved people <laughs> in the war yeah, i have but a then, purple heart right here i'm wearing one too yeah but but then but then he came back and criticized the war and tried to make sure that it yeah. was ended as soon as possible right unlike that's called flip-flopping folks that's called flip-flopping yeah unlike you know a a real hero like uh henry kissinger who spoke at um john mccain's funeral who and little known fact it was some of henry kissinger's actions of sabotaging the peace treaty that made sure that john mccain stayed in that vietnam uh prison cap for even longer making him more heroic that's why he wanted him to be that's why he's more heroic that's that's I mean, that's the matter. Can but, you imagine? Can, but, you, can you imagine rubbing elbows at John McCain's funeral? I mean, you've got Henry Kissinger, uh, uh, Joe Biden. Sort of, you've got Warren Joe Beatty. Biden. Oh my God, Joe Biden's over there, like trying to give your mom a weird kiss on the cheek. I mean, uh, uh, Henry <laughs> Kissinger is Henry Kissinger is uh, uh, melting off of a chair. I mean, it just really. Uh, uh, it seems the. It but, really, but we, it, but I can't imagine being there. But, I'm sure the service is beautiful, but I'm a political digress. otaku. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I just, I just wanted to I just say, I love these guys. <laughs> I just wanted to say, like a parallel that should help people understand, like why even if you, you know, disagree with the war itself, you should still celebrate heroes like John McCain from it. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a war in America, um, fought you know a couple hundred years ago. I mean, not, not a couple, about a hundred years ago, and you yeah. know. A lot of people think that some of the one side of that war were, you know, really bad, bad guys fighting for bad mm. reasons. 
but yeah. you know, nevertheless, and that's how I lost the war too. The bad guys lost that war, yeah. and not like but, Vietnam, not like Vietnam. Oh well, well, yeah, but well, um, we lost the war, so the bad guys didn't lose the war. Yeah. So if you if you're if you're saying that we lost the war, which we know that we lost, yes, the war, yes, I mean, yes. Even I, an enlightened person, can say that we lost that war. But of course, we still were the good guys in that war. That does, that that streak remains untarnished. And by America, being the good guys, we good won guys that war. war. Okay, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, but the exactly. Guy, but the what these people who are critical of John McCain's war record, you know, mm-hmm. think is that the bad guys in that war too were bad. But you know what happened? We made statues to all those men. You know, mm. Robert E. Lee. You know, mm. we can recognize that even though he was fighting for right. a cause that now through your modern lens you judge as evil, yeah. um, he's still worthy of being respected because he did heroism on the battlefield. And he was an honorable man, too. Tons of people say how honorable Robert E. Lee is, just like they say how honorable John McCain is. And I hope people well, understand, especially, you know, this is why I don't understand why Democrats, you know, Democrats should really understand this, too. And I think they do yeah. that, you know, supporting John McCain is just like supporting the Confederate statues. It's the so, exact same thing. Supporting John question. McCain is like supporting the Confederacy. I just want yeah. to make that clear that yeah. if you and of support course, as, John McCain... It is exactly like the people who well, and are I do. flying I do. Confederate I do. flags. I do. I, I do support clear. the Confederacy. I mean, like, you know, John McCain was a hero, and of course so was Robert E. Lee. I mean, what's more American than standing up against the bonds of tyranny uh, uh, and rising up against your oppressor? You know what I mean? Uh, uh, and so in that way, yes, maybe I can sometimes disagree with what Robert E. Lee did or the exact things that he stood for. Or Stonewall but, Jackson. Yeah, exactly. Jefferson yeah. Davis. These were... Yeah. Honorable men in the same Americans. thing as John McCain. They were Absolutely. just fighting for what they believed in, which is why, mm-hmm. uh, which is why to this day, uh, people in Virginia are having a very important debate on uh, whether a high school should have the name Robert E. Lee. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's. I think it's good that that schools in, on the north side of Virginia uh, are still yeah. doing that. It's. It's. I think. I think it's really important because our heritage. And our history should not be erased by people with silly complaints like uh, yeah. I don't know, like, uh, the, the hey, man, you know, you know how, uh, the man perpetuated uh, you know slavery and uh, yes. created an environment that uh, was never punished after it's the war about, ended. Got got a nice little. Uh, it, but it's not really about the com- what naming this stuff. At, at that's labels. That's labels again. That's labels. Yeah, what I want to point to is like when people now want to name stuff after John McCain, and I just want you to keep. The example yeah. of you know Robert E. Lee in yeah. your head when you say you want to name things hey, after hey, John McCain. You know, you know that you know what's an interesting. So I would love to honor the legacy of John McCain. You know, obviously in any way possible. Uh, um, you know how a lot of the Confederate statues went up in the South, like in the 1970s, and it was mostly to like scare out black people from neighborhoods when they moved there. Like uh, a lot of these statues didn't go up even in the 1800s. They like went up more recently. So maybe a good way to get some statues up for 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 the Maverick. All right, I can't do this anymore. Okay, wow. that was a long one. That was very long. Anymore. That was very. That was uh, like he really went. Look, the guys, the guys that, was almost pod sa- that was almost Pod Save America. 
<laughs> I think the All funniest right. the funniest one I saw was the raw story one that said John McCain's Vietnamese torturer that, said that you know he was a good man. Why won't Trump? Like, what the fuck? Uh, what fuck? Did, you that? did you see that? I was like, yeah, like, uh, uh, yeah. John McCain's Vietnamese torturer said kind like said kinder things about John McCain than Trump. I'm like. What the fuck world are we in? What yeah. world are we in at this point where they're it's like, just that people like don't even even the Vietnamese jailer is better than our terrible buffoonish president? It's like, <laughs> we've guys, crossed, you guys. <laughs> we've crossed the Rubicon into just believing that actions mean nothing. Like it's, that the centrists, the centrists do not believe in any action at yeah. all. It is all language. It is all semantics and it is all respectability. If you are. Trump. It's all Trump. It's all yeah, just reaction all, to Trump. It's all just, yeah, it's so reactionary because if, I mean, you can believe in all the evil shit Trump believes, but if you have a drink with, you know, the 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 the, the Washington Post guy or the New York Times lady and you're nice to them, like, they'll yeah. write nice things about you. That's it. <laughs> just be nice to them. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, the, I, John McCain was nice to the press. That is why the press yeah. likes John McCain. Yes. That's it. Well, I mean, yes, there was a picture like before John McCain even died when it was just he was like getting taken off of his, uh, you know, the health coverage that he has uh, uh, as a supremely wealthy American and uh, uh, yeah. senator. Uh, and by the way, uh, when he decided to stop that, uh, uh, th- that, you know, that coverage, uh, um, you know, uh, 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 Jake Tapper posted a picture of himself on the like straight talk express. And I swear to God, I mean, I said it when we were doing our joke. The man's in love. Like, oh, yeah. He has the yeah. widest smile I've ever seen on his face. Like the man loves John McCain for real. This is this is like our. It is like a borderline romantic endeavor. Like yeah. you know the 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 glow on Tapper's face in that picture <laughs> with McCain is like you know I just met my idol. I just met my hero. It's like it's like how girls are looking at the Beatles in pictures yeah. in like the 1960s. Or like, if you've ever seen October Sky with Jake Gyllenhaal as Homer Hickam the rocket scientist and he finally meets Werner von Braun at the end. <laughs> it is just so bizarre. Like this guy was worshipped and he was worshipped because he knew how to feed the egos of the people who were just doing their jobs covering him. But he also they, knew how to say like the exact right Sorkin-y bullshit and never actually do anything. Like he cut together real well for cable news packages. Right. That's really all it was for John McCain. He had just the right amount, just the right amount of slickness, and but also had the fake, you know, look, I mean, the straight talk express, the idea that he was a maverick. Like these are to anybody who has a brain and doesn't think like solely right. through the mind of a publicist, you know that's bullshit. You know yeah. he has never actually earned that reputation of being a maverick once in yeah. 70 years. His right. brand as the guy who always goes his own way. Like, well, okie dokie, like just where, not where true. does it bear out in your in your in your uh, policy and like the votes you did and everything. It's just not true. No, he was a bad guy and now he's the, like the a dead bad guy. The only thing that was a maverick like the only thing that's really was a maverick about John McCain was the uh, uh the prison system in his home state. Uh the fact that they had uh, a tent city for uh, uh for prisoners yeah, r- run by a torturer. Yeah. Uh you know, and and what's just so bizarre um god, let's talk about like the the uh weird celebrity worship of his is Obama an Arab? No, he's a good man. Oh, moment. yes. What How the do, fuck was that? I don't know. Like every, like so many people were posting that. Like that's already been made fun of. Like no, right. just saying that. No, he's not an Arab. 
I think people have forgotten too, like how racist the country was against Muslim yeah. people in that moment. So there's a way to read that in which you could yeah. think that it's maybe a selective... you could, there's a way to read that. To, if you saw, I, I bet if I showed that clip to a kid today, they might think that John McCain just misspoke or something. He didn't, you know, fully explain what he, like was, a... he was saying. But when you realize how racist the country was against Muslim people at the time, him not addressing that and not saying yeah. that, you no, know, no man, he's not an Arab. Uh, yeah. Just saying that. No, that was buying into the racism. Ben Affleck was complaining that was racist on Bill Maher in like 2010. Yeah. Like he this was, was yes. we have like done some bizarro weird regression yeah. where we, we, for, we have forgotten uh, we have forgotten what was like our sense of what is offensive and what isn't offensive has just been completely like well, tossed it's around. It's been, it's been totally shifted by by Trump and everybody just being like I I swear just totally reactionary with Trump. Like it is as easy it, if it makes Trump look bad, they will praise the Vietnamese jailer right. of John McCain at this point. Well, look like, at the look at the Google thing, right? We have an. An amazing opportunity to actually get antitrust work done because uh, all the Republicans have their feelings hurt about fake yeah. censorship. But if we actually can have antitrust pushed through and have Google broken up, that's a good thing. But instead, you're seeing all the Democrats go, no, Protect Google. Google is our friend. Protect yeah. Google. Google is Twitter. Important, yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> oh, I missed all this stuff. I didn't know. I didn't hear about this. But this yeah, Trump the- said that like they're pushing up uh, uh, like bad news about him on Google. And so now conservatives are like, we need to look at Twitter and Google. And yeah, there's a lot of people. Being, yeah. If the like, dumbass Republicans end up regulating the, these these digital companies as as a utility, which they are for the sole reason of their egos being hurt, <laughs> let them do it. Let them do it. Let them break these companies what? up. All right, I, I don't want to get too off track right, from the right. John, from the important thing of the John McCain thing, which is that you know, for if you're just a political otaku, as you know, the Pot Save America fuckers yeah. are, and you know, a lot of people who worship at the altar of John McCain, then yeah, you love the guy because he was a cool character, I guess, you know, right. like, but when you He's look- He's a fun Game of Thrones character. You're like, ooh, I like love Littlefinger. What a funny yeah, guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, he, or he's like the guy who got like the gray disease or something. Who's in love uh, with- <laughs> oh, Fuck, his name is, uh, it's, he's a, uh, god damn it, he's the bear- Joram Mormont. Joram, Joram. Yes, Joram he's Mormont. Joram. Okay. And that means Sarah Palin is Khaleesi, obviously. Yeah, okay. uh, <laughs> are we really doing this? Are we getting into this? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. But I'm just saying. Okay, like, she's if- Cersei. There's way, there's way more <laughs> incest going on in Wasilla than we'd like to admit. But, um, yeah. when If you engage with politics at only that level, then Republican or Democrat, yeah, I guess you can understand uh, you can admire something about john mccain but if you're you know someone who looks at politics as you know something that's a life or death situation for people sure. across the world including the vietnamese people who john mccain famously helped slaughter which a lot of people did a lot of our yeah. fathers did i mean but uh, but the weird thing about john McCain not my is, father he was a coward <laughs> but the thing is like he's so like celebrated for this like we call right. him a hero because he bombed we, we've got we've fucked like, up war fuck? in our minds like we have a weird feeling about war even people that are anti-war are like but we still have to respect like the troops i'm like i don't know that i do for like no, john mccain you don't. for like and if you this, ask like, the troops guy, yeah 
And if you ask the troops who aren't assholes, they don't think you have to. Like, you just, they're yeah. perfectly fine. No, you yeah. Viet- the Vietnam War was historically determined. Like, when I was growing up, the consensus was... It's this war wrong. was a mistake and was yes. evil and wrong. And that's like what's taught in school. It was know? taught in school. What is super sleazy about the this this disgusting hagiography of McCain is it is being used. It is being used to teach people that were young enough not to know any better that this war was noble in any way, shape, or form. It was Democrat and the liberals and Democrats are like helping that along. Happy. Well, yeah, Warren Beatty being a pallbearer, like, dude, you directed Reds. You made a movie about <laughs> communists, yeah, like, good and, God. and how they were like important <laughs> in the People, labor uh, movement. Now here you are dragging this guy around. He hated you. <laughs> oh yeah, let's. We, that is we a bummer. Not, actually, I'm we have out. not we have not addressed the fact how a petty, what a petty, vindictive asshole John McCain actually was in real life. Everything he ever did, anything a maverick moment they like had, Trump. it was because of like some petty grievance he had. Like right. he would, like he crossed the ACA uh, thing. That was just because he was mad at Trump. He did the big thumbs down because it's a good television show moment on the reality yeah. show he's on. Yeah, he hated George W. Bush, so he pushed back on some of the things he yeah. did. But then, of course, when it came to the Iraq War, you know, of course he he's he never saw a war he didn't like. No, never. He loved them all. We didn't bomb enough places. He was stuck to bomb oh man he, he wanted us to bomb iran he was stoked when we bombed he loved obama because obama loved uh bombing too you know obama bombed uh libya he got us into syria well he, he eventually ex- loved the surge obama. the surge oh. that how can mccain hate that guy you know well, he did hate but not him at for, first it was not yeah, a love he, he was pretty does everybody remember the debate where mccain called him obama to his face that one does yeah. everybody remember that? Like how racist, yeah. how incredibly yeah. racist that was. Yeah. I, I guess nobody, most people don't remember that. Like that's who John McCain actually Most people actually don't was. remember 2008. That was right. a wacky, wacky election. And really, I, it was because that Palin completely just took the show over. Yeah, she, she was really the, like. She yeah. was the proto-Trump. Like there would be no Donald Trump without John McCain either. Like yes, without guaranteed. Palin. Oh, are you kidding me? Without yeah. Palin, no Trump. Hey, you know the other thing that's funny about John McCain is how much more Trump is going to go down in history than John McCain will. Uh, how much more remembered Trump is going to be than John McCain or any of his family members ever will be. That's kind of nice. That is nice. But we, we we should not gloss over the point because all these people who are so mad at Trump for disrespecting McCain. I'm, I'm talking about people on the on the left, right? Like the Pod Save America folks. They're so mad at Trump for not respecting the Maverick. It, yeah. But, and but they're so and they're so mad at Trump for existing, for being president, for winning, for this, that, and the other. The politics that Donald Trump brought brought uh, you know, uh, not, I don't say brought, but exposed. Like mm-hmm. it's thanks to John McCain nominating Sarah Palin, someone completely unqualified, sure. to be one heartbeat away from the presidency one of the most craven and disgusting moves ever no john mccain endorsed that he is actually he's the one like you know how when trump when the uh uh, the primary is happening and they're like they're not gonna let trump go through they're gonna stop him at the uh uh at the convention you know the rational minds will prevail that never would have happened because john mccain already approved it he's the rational guy that was like this is acceptable. Look at this. Look upon this. And uh, uh, this is an acceptable president. And so once you say that, like, you can't recork that. Like, Trump's okay now. 
Look, I mean, and and to be clear, he could have replaced her. It's happened before. After she, you know, showed how unqualified she was, he could have went back and said, "You know what? We didn't do enough Oops. proper vetting." Oops. He could have, for the first time in his life, admitted Oopsie. he did something wrong and yeah. taken it back and gone to the drawing board. That's happened. That's not unprecedented. But he did. That's the thing about John McCain is that, like, I, I, I don't even what, know what the fuck anyone is talking. I like, I swear, I'm watching the news and I'm like, they're like, the legacy is like unparalleled. I'm like, what are you talking about? No, what like, legacy? Is, I have never seen the propaganda machine work so hard to fly in the face of reality. The, this bipartisan centrist. Well, bullshit. almost no one else other than McCain has uh, wor- worked as hard to fly into the face of, you know, buildings, the ground. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but continue. Sorry. Just. No, it's. It, it Can't is, let the word flying go by. No. I mean, no this, this, guy, this guy had a worse uh, pilot's record than Harrison Ford. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, they're. they're uh, look, this is a guy who has. Is my guess is when he realized he was dying, he made an agreement with Obama to to vote to save the ACA, and in exchange, the Democrats promised to like give him a hero's exit. I mean, this is a guy who announced he was dying two years before he died, just so he could read obituaries for himself. Like <laughs> he wanted, like he was like, "Don't invite Trump to my funeral." Who? I don't think about who's... I don't invite people to my funeral. Like, that's not... This is a control freak to the end. This is a guy who wanted the narrative of his death to be read out loud to him before he died. Like, there is something seriously wrong with not just how the press covered his death, but how the press covered his last year alive. Like, when he announced he had that brain tumor, the consensus should have been, well, time to leave office then. You shouldn't shouldn't be working anymore. Yeah. (laughs) Like, this is very obvious, but for some reason we just wanted to collectively, or the media, or the powers that be, the, the big money... Uh, the corporate uh, elite just wanted him to to sit it out so they could create this this you know last decent Republican narrative that just doesn't exist. It's so funny that he stayed a senator while like laying in a hospital bed dead. Yeah. <laughs> like what the fuck? Like that's not governance. Like what this is? What the hell are we doing here at this point? I just want to say what a great family man you are. To even though you are you know, a multi-millionaire many times over that, you know, in your dying years, you're still um, going down to Washington to vote to confirm like a fucking, you know, former openly clans member to the district court of whatever. You make it down there. You take one flight like near dead with your last dying breath. You can still fuck over a few of the races that you hate. Yeah. I do think John McCain's a racist. I mean, like he, he was said a racist. racial slurs and oh, uh, never promoted like racist policies uh, was a, an apologetic racist. Kind of like Trump is. Yeah. You know, it, it's funny also with the brain cancer he had uh, and the, the fact that he never supported health care. Many, uh, many stories started popping up on, on the on the social sites, on the Facebooks and the Twitters of people who wrote letters to the good senator saying that they had similar conditions and they need help paying for care. And yeah. John McCain would write to them telling them to move, to find a district, uh, an area of the country where they could get that support because he does not believe that health care for all is a right. And he never did. But he did believe that we should pay for his health care. And in fact, yeah. that's all that last year. The people of Arizona got fleeced, you know? 
You're just sitting yeah. there paying for some guy to sit in an iron lung telling other people they don't deserve health care. What kind of ghoul do you have to be to be dying and still yeah. not believe? I feel like when you're at the end, maybe you can make some uh, changes, get some perspective. But no, nah. John McCain was just excited to uh, was it, you know how in uh, uh, Snake Eater there's the part where you have to like walk past all the people you've killed or whatever, uh, and it's like <laughs> horrifying. Yeah, John McCain was just excited to see that again with all the <laughs> Vietnamese people. All right, so just excited. Oh, this is gonna be fun. All right, so what's it? What else is going on? I, uh, sure I just did. was watching it. Looks awesome. It looks amazing. I've never. I don't know if I've ever been this hyped for a game. Um, it's definitely the game I'm looking forward to more than pretty much anything else. I mean, it it looks like the uh, Grand Theft Auto Deus Ex crossover I've been kind of waiting for most of my life. Uh, it looks kind of like what Watch Dogs promised at first. And it looks like it has, uh, you know, Witcher-like systems. The fact that most of the footage we watched was, I mean, obviously it was some kind of vertical slice. And they're, you know, just showing off what they have ready. But if they can actually uh, pull off the promises of that 45-minute clip, then uh, I'm never going to go outside again. (laughs) Yeah. At least not until you finish that game. Because, man, and what I really loved, it looks just like Shibuya. Like, they copped uh, in Japan. It's like a... Because Japan has a weird, like, multi-level design where, like, every building has basements and sometimes those basements are external depending on where the street is. It's really cool and it looks like just like neighborhoods in Japan. I, I really love that. It all the o- Overall, the game seemed like, because I love the modern Deus Ex games. Like, they're fun. They're really great. But they're, they're really limited. Like, you're not, like, the most... Ba- like you're the most badass like cyborg in that world but the cyborgs aren't like aren't that good like they're just okay they're just well like, you're just one um, guy yeah, and adam jensen is a very specific individual and like v in this game looks more like a, a shepherd I, I well i mean it's more like she uh in cyberpunk you like the powers are just more bombastic and mm-hmm. cooler and funner and faster and you're less limited and how you use them, like you can use like the cloaking for like five seconds in Deus Ex before it goes away. But Cyberpunk, I feel like this is a game where you could use it for a long time and you could fly if you wanted to or hover, do all sorts of more crazy shit. Like those Mantis weapons that like pop out, are you, blades that pop out of your arms and let, let you fuck people up. Like that's just so cool and but like in deus ex it's like you can use that like once or twice during the mission before you have to recharge and like i don't feel i feel like cyberpunk is going in a different direction it's like, yeah the character no, just go around and fuck people up yeah but, the, <laughs> but, but it does have a really cool like uh it had like a story creator where you had a few different origins you could, it said why are you in night city it said to find an ex-lover to make your fortune and then there was a third one which was like i something about your past, like you can create your own backstory as, as part of the uh, RPG uh, customization in, in the character builder. And uh, I mean, it does look, it's, it, it, it really does look a whole lot better than that first trailer or the second trailer that just came out at E3 because people were disappointed they couldn't see anything and just saw uh, some, kind of some GTA-ish stuff. But it is very much a cyberpunk game. It's got biohacking. It's got... You know, uh, you know, people being used for spare parts. I thought the trauma team was really interesting. Yeah, the, the that, idea that the way they, the way healthcare works. 
yeah, cyberpunk. It's got some class consciousness uh, to it, you know. If you pay enough for insurance, you have people that will come out and rescue you, no matter what the situation. Unless you, yeah, get they're hacked. like half EMTs, half SWAT. <laughs> That's cool. I, I haven't seen the whole trailer yet. That is very cool. I was just gonna say this. You know, this doesn't have to go in, but that uh, the Red Letter Media Last Jedi thing is very good. Actually, I did like it, and I do think I think I'm saying this to you, Leslie. Uh, uh, I think it's gonna like break people's brains whose like whole conception of the prequels is based on those reviews who also like Last Jedi. Uh, uh, I think that that video is very annoying to them. But we don't yeah. keep that in. I no, but I watched it. It, it we was can an talk hour. About Plinket. Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought it was pretty good. I, I have to say this on air. I think our jokes are funnier. Um, but okay. their takes were very good. Their takes were very, yeah, very they're good. They're smart guys. Their uh, they're takes smart. were very good. So instead yeah. of being mad at us for not liking The Last Jedi, go get mad at them. They have a lot go more Go get mad money. at them. They got a lot more money than us. Yeah, go get mad at them. One thing that is really funny with the John McCain, uh, with the John McCain thing is that Donald Trump posted a picture of himself. That is very funny. Like I'm more. He rules. Like, he rules at that. that is, <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. It's very funny. That rules. Uh, Fuck. John, totally. He hates John McCain. He's not gonna pretend like he yeah. liked him. Fuck you. Fuck and the it. press shouldn't uh, try to. It, it almost feels like when the press is like screaming at John, uh, screaming at Trump. Why don't you love John McCain? They're like yelling at us. Why don't you love John McCain? Like, yeah, and I'll tell you what. Uh, <laughs> like what you were saying, Leslie. People around America don't give a fuck about John McCain. Like you know what? I, I think actually when people lose a presidential campaign, they're kind of thought of as losers forever <laughs> like they just lost like so embarrassingly in front of the entire country so yeah when trump was like making fun of mitt romney and john mccain i think everyone was like that rules like yeah fuck that loser <laughs> there's nothing he, more embarrassing than losing a jeb presidential bush club now yeah nothing. yeah they're in the jeb bush club they're in the the hillary clinton woods forever <laughs> forever and ever let's see we see any movies this week i didn't really see anything I watched I watched Being There, which is great. Oh, yeah? I don't know if you two have ever seen it, but it's it's Peter Sellers. It's a Peter Sellers, right? Yeah, I've seen yeah. it a long time and it's ago. It's Hal Ashby, which I would love to just I would love to spend like a whole episode talking about Ashby movies one day. But what it is is I mean it really is uh so the movie starts off with uh, it's a guy named Chauncey the Gardener who lives in the gardener of uh, or lives in this house of the uh, mansion of this old guy and uh just uh in DC and just Garden just gardens his stuff, and he's never left the house. He's extremely simple. He doesn't read. He doesn't write. He watches TV, and he gardens. That's it. And so the movie uh, begins with uh, the old guy dying, and uh, the black woman who was raising him his entire life basically saying, well, I'm leaving now. You're on your own. And uh, then he gets evicted from the house. And the whole movie is just about – it is essentially like the white privilege comedy. It's a slapstick movie about a guy who just because he dresses nice – and looks like friendly and smart and is agreeable gets everything you know like he get you know he gets hit by a car uh being driven by an extremely wealthy woman who takes him in and uh, you know he he becomes friends with her dying husband who is this elderly bazillionaire who who and his comments about gardening and his comments about plants he sees as a metaphor for economic prosperity and before we know it he's like uh, Chauncey the gardener who's called Chauncey Gardner is hanging out with the president and is starting uh, becoming like this huge power player and it's a very funny movie because uh, you know I don't want to 
it's okay. It's like, it's 40 years old. I can spoil it. But there's a scene at the end where the woman who raised them says, you know, this is a white man's world in America. Like you, you know, uh, I've been working, I've been studying, I've been busting my ass my whole life. And this guy just walks around and says goofy things, has, uh, I believe, uh, rice pudding in his ears was what she said. (laughs) And he ends up basically getting everything he wants. And it's just a, but he doesn't really want much. All he wants to do is watch TV. He doesn't even know anything about sex. Like he is, he's just not totally there. He's, he's just not, he's just like not on the same plane as everyone else. But just because he like looks agreeable and respectable, he is treated very, very seriously. And that's like the crux of the movie. It, I can't recommend it enough. That sounds cool. I should watch it again. I haven't seen it in a long time. Hal Ashby made a lot of uh, films I like, like Harold and Maude and The Last Detail are two of my favorites. Uh, I could go on and on about them forever. Yeah, it just sounds like a documentary to me. (laughs) This is how I view all white people. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure. But it's, um, I mean, he was, Ashby was a really interesting guy because uh, he, you know, he was like a hippie and he was one of the new Hollywood guys who was like a legitimate outsider like he was not a schmoozer he was not a star fucker and by the uh, late 80s he was just completely burnt out and addicted to a million drugs and he died really young it's sad but like he was probably one of the best voices of the 70s film scene and uh and a totally underrated voice um, let me think so i started playing god of war recently Ooh, dad of war what do you think so far oh it's really great um like, I was really skeptical about the combat system. It's not as good as the original, but it's still good. People were trying to describe it as Dark Souls-like, but it's not because you don't have stamina. That kind of Yeah, there's no cooldown. <laughs> that defeats, that's defeats the whole purpose of being Dark Souls-y. It has a Dark Souls-esque camera perspective. And that's it, but it, it's fun. I like throwing the axe and bringing it back. Like that's very satisfying. What I do you feel think? Like, yeah. I feel like they came up with that gimmick and they like they can you know fake the rest from there as long as you can throw an axe and br- <laughs> and have it come back in your hand. Um, there, I mean, that does you can feel do that like all something. Game. That does feel like something that was designed for like a, a hypothetical Marvel Studios Thor game that Sony never <laughs> made or something, and then they're like, "We'll just like bring it over to the God of War." Yeah, uh, it's not the only parallel because it is does take place in like Norse mythology and everything. You get the fuck up. Um, yeah, although, I mean, I'm assuming I'm gonna meet. Thor how far are you into it? Oh, I'm not that far. At oh, okay, all. okay. I uh, I just uh, I beat it, so I want to like when you get done, I really want to talk about it because it's like. Uh, there's a lot I liked, but there's a lot I didn't like, and and uh, I do think like as the you're playing it a little later after the initial hype bomb, so it'll be interesting to hear what you think because there isn't that weird pressure to call it the greatest you know story action open semi open world role playing combat game ever made because it, it's not, but it um, is really I, interesting. I I do think like it's you know stepping the game up as far as like. The how well crafted the world is, the storytelling methods, how like everything, every detail. It's so polished. It's very polished. So I, I, I can see why people are saying like this is one of the greatest games or gaming experiences of all time because like it's blowing me away so far. I do feel like every game that comes out, everyone's like, it's the best game ever made. No, it's the best to be game clear, ever made, everybody. It's, the, it's, the, it's only every first party Sony uh, Studios <laughs> game. And, oh, it's, I mean, like and Zelda it's also, 2 and Nintendo. Nintendo uh, gets it too. I, I still, 
I can't, I don't think I'll ever finish Breath of the Wild. Because again, comparing it to this, it's like, I throw my axe, it comes back, I fuck some more guys up, I throw my axe again, it comes back. In Zelda, you throw your axe, it breaks, you have to get another axe from somewhere. You hope you run across it. Like, that's just... It's just not fun. Once you get the master sword, it gets a little, uh, it gets a little easier. Yeah, but you, you don't ha- have to. But you, you don't have, have to break it every five seconds. But you, you have to get complete so many of those bad, boring puzzles to get the master sword. The shrines, they, I hate the shrines. It is well, it's interesting because the shrines are really just the opposite of what Zelda games ever did. The shrines were. Nintendo actually finally adapting to the Western role playing standards. And so maybe that's why you don't like it. Like, because it is like the least JRPG-ish element of the series ever. Like the shrines are, because the shrines are why the open world even exists at all. And no Zelda has ever pulled off the open world that that, uh, BOTW did. I mean, the fact is that if you wanted to, the game is entirely pointless in that like you can open up Breath of the Wild, pop it in, and then immediately storm the castle and beat it. Like, if you wanted to. You'd only have, like, three hearts. It'd be really fucking hard, but you could do it. Like, what I actually... I find that liberating. I think that's, like... I think the thing you don't like about it is that, like, it is all kind of pointless, but I actually found that liberating because I felt like I don't have to do anything in any... I can actually truly explore this open world any way I see fit rather than, like, I have to get to this point and get to, you know, rather than the linear structures. So I, I did think that was almost revolutionary, but I get, I get why it's not for you. Yeah. It's just, but like, it's, I, it's hard to find like what's fun about this game because the combat isn't fun. Mm-hmm. Even when, even if my sword didn't break all the time, like the combat system isn't as good as like other games in this genre. It's not as good as horizon zero Gadon. It's not as good as God of war. The exploration is kind of like a pain in the ass. Like, I, I think I've said nah, the- you gotta get you well you gotta get Rivali's Gale yeah I gotta get this on. I gotta get that I gotta do this I gotta get, I why not start like cause when I first heard about it like people were saying oh in Horizon Zero Dawn you can only climb certain things certain ways but in in, in Zelda you gotta in be Breath able to climb Wild, everything Come you on. can climb in Breath of the Wild you can climb everything well there's a lot of caveats with that. Like you can climb for 15 seconds before you fall down to your death. Right. If it's raining, you can't climb. You can't climb in the rain, but if you have the climbing gear, but if you and you have to go and Which get, you get the, in the shrines, <laughs> climbing clear, you have to do all the shrines. It's it just all like, comes back to the shrines. It's yeah. just so much work. It's so much like and like extra work and busy work. It's not like yeah. you just get a mission. Oh, get the climbing gear. I have to do this bullshit and then I get the climbing. Well, I, gear. I hope I hope that um, the one thing that the new God of War has that I'm just like rolling my eyes hard about is, I mean, really the same thing that Horizon Zero Dawn has. Like, I really, I'm really sick of crafting systems and like games that don't need them. Right. Like. Crafting is boring for me because crafting means like kill these nine rabbits. Oh, you can't find them? Well, like teleport yourself somewhere on the map where you can find them. And that'll take like an hour. And that to me feels like going shopping. It is. I I really do feel like there's a lot more uh, cutting down trees and hunting rabbits in video games than uh, maybe I need. Maybe I don't need that much like hunting rabbits in every and especially cutting down trees. I I don't need to cut down trees ever again in video games. It feels like an evolution. It's like an evolution of like in the 90s role playing games where like you would start and they'd say like go under this bar and there are like 40 rats you have to kill. And like 
That that it, it now Dream. it is now Everything cutting trees. trees. Yeah, Every you're game right. Starts off with like you start off somewhere and you you got to cut down trees for Breath a while. Of the, first. Breath of the Wild, you rebuild you build this town called yeah. Terrytown, and you have to cut down one hundred goddamn trees. <laughs> one hundred trees. Every game has it. Every game has a tree cutting mechanism these days. Well, you know, you guys are playing. You guys, your whole talk about uh, Breath of the Wild and you know. Uh, uh, Doing the game feeling pointless and just being about upgrading your gear, but kind of having an open feel. Uh, um, I've been playing Monster Hunter World, actually. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, which is uh, nothing if, like that. If you no grinding uh, uh, at all. Yeah, there's no grinding at all. It's definitely not just about getting better gear all the time. And one thing's for sure, it's not pointless. There's There's a real story here, and the story isn't just get a bigger monster next time. So what is the difference between Monster Hunter and Pokemon? I realize that's sacrilege. Oh. A lot of people are going to listen to that and get angry. But what separates... Oh, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> I have to laugh. I have to laugh. Uh, uh, I'm just joking. Uh, uh, so they're just t- completely different games. I mean, uh, uh, Pokemon is an RPG. You know, it's it's basically just a... Uh, uh, it's a traditional JRPG. You build a team of six. You, they, you, you work with that party throughout the game and switch out characters to that party. There's just a lot more options for which characters you add to your party, but you still have, you know, six slots. Um, Monster Hunter is really more of, like, an action... Like, I guess I would say, like, an action combat game. Uh, it's not turn-based. It's all about... And it is about, like, being able to use the weapons better. Like, there's a skill element to it, too. Like, uh, I don't want to call it Dark Souls-y or whatever, but... Or Shadows it is of the Colossus-y, or... Eh. No, it's in the Dark souls vein. Like, you can... The thing... Okay, so what it is is basically you're a monster hunter. They send you out to fucking hunt monsters. Uh, uh, you have to go out into these, like, large open-world areas and track monsters and track them down and kill them or capture them. If you capture them, you get, like, better rewards, but... You know, when you kill them, you get rewards, and then you build better gear and shit. Then you go out and kill oh, so you don't, bigger you, you, you monsters. Don't, you don't, you don't, you don't tame them. You you, you don't train them. them. No, this yeah. is just a. You're just making your guy better to kill bigger and bigger monsters. Pretty much, it's not uh, monster tamer. It's monster. No, it's monster not monster hunter. tamer. But there is something. There's something like very charming and kind of relaxing about it. And the, and I will say the boss fights are really fucking hard. Like the monster fights are not fucking around. You will do like a like 25 minute long fight that like spans an entire map. It like does, you know, multiple attack stages. I don't know. I, there's something that it's both relaxing, but also like a very challenging game. Uh, and you, and it adapt, you can adapt, uh, uh, what kind of play style you want. Like I'm playing with a bow gun right now and it's more like a third person shooter type game. Right. You can also but play you can also with play like with a swords. giant sword and then like it's like, but, and, but it's very difficult. It's like if you, uh, uh, you know, it has to play out the entire animation, but you can do like gigantic damage and shit. So I, how I really gigantic? How gigantic? Like guts? Leslie? Level? Leslie? 120 you can even get up to 120 the little number that comes up when the uh, monster is hit i've seen it go as high as 120 so that's that's saying something (laughs) that's a lot of hp yeah that's a lot of number that's a lot of number on the monster (laughs) speaking of calming violence so les leslie got me into sniper elite 4 sure i got uh, it too i haven't played it yet i i just i just so i just uh zip through the camp there's only eight maps and uh, it's a game that's totally designed for replayability and co-op. But one of the strangest relaxing experiences of my last week is just splitting dozens and dozens of heads open and just feeling very like <laughs> peaceful about it. Like this is a very it is there is something like extremely twisted about 
Like, just calmly, like, going prone and then just, like, killing Nazi after Nazi. And the bullet cam in this game, <laughs> I mean, because it, <laughs> it, it slows down, it zooms in, and then, it, you know, it switches to a quick black and white as the bullet splits the skull in half and the Nazi crumples to the ground. It is That's so great. gory and uh, weirdly just very relaxing for me. Maybe that means that, like, maybe there's something cathartic about it. In the so, wake of the Antifa panic. You but- just gave me an idea, uh, JDB. So hear me out. Yes. We have a new game. It's called Bomber Elite. Mm. And all the broken fucking assholes who think John McCain is such a hero. Yeah. You actually, you know, you get to you get to replay the actual missions because you actually do this in Sniper Elite. Some of the missions are like real ones that took place during World War II. So let's do... Vietnam War. You're flying the same bomber that John McCain's flying. Wait, I can actually be the Maverick? You be the Maverick. And then when you drop the bomb, you actually see it hit the village. The shrapnel shredding through all the villagers, the women, the children. You see them all, you know, destroyed and murdered and all that. You know what would be really cool? Here's a feature idea I have. Let me just, I want to just jump in and interject because I'm excited about this idea, Leslie. And I want to say, what about this for a feature? What about, you know, these, a lot of games do bullet time. A lot of games do, you know, x-ray bullet bullshit or whatever. What about if we went one step further? In addition to a slow-mo x-ray bullet cam, we actually get to see a life history of the person getting killed. Ah, You get to watch a short montage of all the events of their lives, really showing like their humanity. Uh, And then we come back to them being burned alive by a uh, bomb that John McCain. (laughs) Yeah, they all have sad letters in Sniper Elite 4. It's very funny. Every Nazi you kill has like, to my darling sister. I am. It's. uh, But yeah, yeah, but Bomber Elite, I think this is a thing. That's a great idea. That could, you know, unite the left and the right. The yep. gamer and the political talk you. In yeah. one. It's a shame. It's a shame, Leslie, that nobody's going to be able to uh, make it past level one in the interest of historical accuracy. <laughs> Halfway through the first level, you immediately yeah. crash into some barracks. Well, and then and then it's a uh, and then it's a five and a half long like button mashing section like metal. Oh, the, like the sequence with revolver yeah, ocelot for, for at the end of the Metal Gear years. disc. Yeah, for five oh and a half years, you have to mash the X button uh, uh, as you're being tortured. <laughs> uh, but then you get to, at the end of the game, you get to be told that how much of a hero you are yeah. for, you know, yeah. obliterating all those people. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. That's Struggle Session, folks. Yeah. Hey, if there's any programmers out there, I mean, we'd be happy to partner up for uh, Bomber Elite. Because uh, we think that game could really could uh, it could be big could be really big. Could I mean, we could yeah. do you know early access. We could think do, about it. We could do like IDF DLC. You know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, hey, you know what? What kind of what kind of shooting game would get coverage on the Jake Tapper show? I can't think of any other shooting game. So I'm that's sure we just, could get Soda Stream to sponsor us. That's earned media right there. All right, folks. Have a good one. Uh, see you next week. Bye.
like what you hear, want to hear more, check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or strugglesession.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.